0: Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles. I am Scott Wright of The Oklahoman, joined by Jacob Unruh. This is The Oklahomans' Oklahoma State Football Podcast, presented by Zaxby's. Zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop in today or visit Zaxby's.com to order online. We are joined right now, Jacob, no messing around. Let's jump right to it. It's Kansas State week. We're almost to game day. We are joined by a special guest, Kellis Robinette of the Wichita Eagle and Kansas City Star Ten years on the K State beat, you know these Wildcats well, don't you, Kellis?
1: I do. Uh, at least I thought I did, and then Chris Kleinman came in and changed <laughs> right. everything up. The whole system It's felt like year one in a lot of ways.
0: You're right. I bet. I bet. What? Well, let's 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 start there. What are some of the changes? Not necessarily just on the field, but some of the changes that that you've seen in uh, in the transition from a, a legendary coach like Bill Snyder to Chris Kleiman?
1: Uh, I would just say things are a lot more laid back, a lot more open. There's more access for for us in the media. There's more access for fans. There's more access for people to see stuff on social media. You know, for the longest time under Bill Snyder, um, he acted uh, basically in as much secrecy as he could. Um, Any information that got out seemed pretty rare. And, you know, you can't really criticize him for it because he won a lot of games using that system. But. Uh, a new coach came in and changed things up and it's it's kind of felt like a whole new world
0: i can i can imagine because i i never really interacted a lot with k-state directly for for player access or any any of those type of things but i i heard a lot of stories heard stories about um you know what life was like for assistant coaches and uh you know obviously charlie dickey is down here at oklahoma state and i think uh Realizing what uh, what a different world he's in now, and uh, and and some of those things. So i uh, i can I can see where uh, where this could uh, this new regime could be a a, a very different world for uh, a lot of people in a in a lot of different ways. What uh, what is what has Chris Klein been like to uh, to deal deal with uh, sort of individually from uh, from your perspective?
1: Uh, he's been really straightforward. You know uh, it. I don't know the best way to describe it, but it's just kind of weird. You you ask him a question and he'll give you a you know a short answer, but uh, it's you know it's packed with a lot of information. So the first couple of press conferences we had with him were actually um, kind of hard to keep up with, just because we were so used to not getting really any useful ma- information at all, to all of a sudden just getting. You know, jam-packed with all this stuff in 10 minutes. Um, it's just kind of funny how how different things were in that regard. But he's he's just a really positive guy, um, down-to-earth, likes to work hard, likes to encourage his players. And I think that's uh, one of the main reasons why they're off to a 3-0 start. Is, is this maybe the, his
2: openness the product of coming from some smaller programs maybe that kind of breed that to where you've got to be open?
1: Maybe a little bit. I think also just the people here at Kansas State have always kind of wanted wanted to do this. and I mean, You guys know when, when you go out and hire a new coach, a lot of times you look for opposites and that was one of the things they wanted to change. Not only did they want to create more access for social media and become a player in, in that field, they wanted to uh, let, let media come out and talk to players more often and, and let them share their stories. And I think, you know, it's he was open at North Dakota State. Um, I don't know if they were quite this open there, but he's never had a problem uh, sharing, you know, some, some access about his programs. And then when he came here, they wanted to – they they thought they had an opportunity to uh, do that even more and went over some new fans, uh, especially some who doubted him right when he initially got here. So it, it's been good for, for everybody because I think – most people when they just watched him and saw him come in just associated him with an SCS football program and probably looked down on that a little bit but once they got to know him they started to like him a lot a lot more
2: yeah you 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 started hitting towards the fans what are the what do the fans say how how how's the reaction been around him
1: uh, well, I mean, it's been a 180 when he was first hired. It was kind of a meltdown. It was kind of funny. People <laughs> were uh, were not happy at all. Um, and word actually had gotten out. I think he was hired on a Monday or a Tuesday. And it was pretty clear the Saturday before that that he was most likely going to be the guy. And when that, you know, when that was made public, people weren't all that happy about it and we're really honestly hoping they'd go in another direction which I kind of thought was funny the guy you know the guy went 69 and 6 in his last job it shouldn't really be (laughs) a surprise that he's winning in his new job but I mean it just you know they uh they didn't really look too much into his past other than that he was coming from an FCS school and I can understand there haven't been a whole lot of those coaches jump from that level to the big 12 and win before so there was some caution but he, uh, you know, won over some skeptics in the preseason and then anybody else who was really doubting him, uh, he pulled him over to the right side of the fence when they beat Mississippi State. I, I don't see too many people out there just saying they don't believe in him anymore.
0: What has kind of been the key to his transition to to have the success as quickly as he has bringing in his his style, his schemes, his philosophy – and coaching with with a bunch of guys who were not necessarily recruited to play for him,
1: right? Well, I I think the smartest thing he did was he basically right when he got in, put his arm around Skylar Thompson and said, "I don't care, you know what what mistakes you made in the past or what the old coaching staff said about you. You're my guy, um, and you're gonna you, we're gonna go as far as you can take us this year." And he he's coached NFL quarterbacks like Carson Wentz and uh, Easton Stick, And I think that meant a lot to Skyler and helped him buy in and uh, convince a lot of other players on the team to buy in too. So there were guys like him. And then on the defensive end, guys like uh, Wyatt Hubert, who hadn't played a whole lot in the past. I think he uh, did the same thing with them and said, you guys maybe have underperformed in the past, but you're going to – Overperform with me. So let's go win some games. And, uh, he got them all on board. And then where they did have some holes, like a running back, he kind of improbably went out and got some grad transfers and some other freshmen to come in and help. Um, I, I'm really astonished that they could go from losing the big chose leading rusher, um, his backup, his backups, backup and their fourth <laughs> string guy, uh, and totally replacing that unit and, now ranking seventh nationally in rushing offense, it's uh, I mean everything he's really touched so far has worked.
0: It seemed like there was quite a bit of uh, of movement both uh, both in and out via the uh, the grad or the uh, the transfer portal, uh, but it seemed like they really took advantage of, of what opportunities they had there, didn't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I wasn't uh, sold on uh, James Gilbert and uh, Jordan Brown when they came in just because it, they, they weren't starters at their last schools. Right. Um, one, one came from Ball State, the other came from North Carolina. I didn't really see them coming in and uh, being great running backs here, but he's found a way to combine them and uh, into a nice committee, and they've, they've also got Harry Trotter, who's a former walk-on at Louisville, who they brought in and gave the scholarship to, and he's been really productive there as well.
0: All right, Kellis, let's, uh, let's take a quick break here and uh, come back and we'll get into a little bit more of the specifics of, of this game. This is the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Kellis Robinette on the line, Wichita Eagle and Kansas City Star beat writer for Kansas State football. Appreciate you joining us once again, Kellis, and uh, let's let's get into this week's game. This uh, what's actually going to happen on the field a little bit. Um, let's start with the Kansas State defense. I haven't I, I haven't had a chance to watch a ton. We watched a, a lot of that Mississippi State game as we were waiting for an Oklahoma State game to start. Um, but uh, but is there are, are there some uh, some traits of this defense that uh, that you think could um, lend them to uh, to containing Oklahoma State's kind of dual threat uh, mentality of uh, Tylen Wallace and Chuba Hubbard?
1: Well, we'll see. Um, you know, as good as Kansas State's defense has looked through three games, and they rank ninth nationally in total defense, so you can't really knock anything they've done thus far. Um, They haven't played a spread team yet. Um, You know, Nichols and uh, Bowling Green maybe would have liked to do it, but were just completely overmatched. And then Mississippi State basically was one really good running back, um, and then not much else. Their starting quarterback was hurt and threw a bunch of bad passes, and the backup came in and really hurt them more on the ground than through the air. So I'm uh, very interested to see how Chris Kleiman and Scotty Hazelton, the new defensive coordinator, handled their first Big 12 test. They say they've played a lot of spread teams in the past at the FCS level, and it's not going to sneak up on them. But at the same time, I, you know, I'm not sure they've seen anybody as good as some of these Oklahoma State players. And uh, they were kind of fortunate against Mississippi State. Um, they had receivers open a lot in that game and just either dropped them or their quarterback couldn't hit them. And I feel like Sanders and Wallace are probably going to connect if you give them that opportunity so i, I mean I, I obviously think kansas state has the players and the mentality to uh succeed against oklahoma state but they haven't done it yet so it's a very interesting game in that 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 way
0: in, in terms of uh of guarding tylen wallace uh, we've seen uh different teams take uh, some really unique approaches tulsa wanted to go man-to-man all day with him and um, Oklahoma State tried to take advantage of that as much as they could, throwing deep to him, and it uh, it led to more pass interference penalties than uh, than completions almost. <laughs> um, but okay. uh, but Texas went with uh, with double coverage almost exclusively. So, uh, do you uh, what what is kind of the um, the, the typical scheme and uh, and how do you think that uh, that Kansas State might adjust to a, uh, a you know a type level of receiver out on one side?
1: Well, they've really liked using zone um, or at least sprinkling in zone um, at times this season. And the reasoning is they just they just want uh, to have as many guys looking at the quarterback and the ball as they can. And hopefully that gives them and their defensive backs a few more opportunities to make interceptions and come up with turnovers. And that has mostly worked for them. I would think they'd stick with that. Um, I don't think you'll see anything like – A.J. Parker or Walter Neal strictly manning up against Wallace. Um, I don't think that's a great strategy. I think Wallace would win a lot of those. Um, I think you'll probably see um, a good amount of cover, two with safeties always coming over and helping against him. Um, but at the same time, you know, they haven't had to uh, gear their defense around stopping a single receiver yet, so I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do. If they do go their, that route, then that would leave somebody else open, um, I think they'll probably try a lot of different things and just hope that um, a mixture of zone and a little bit of man with some safety help can can do the trick. So we we've brought up
2: Chuba Hubbard, we brought up Tylon Wallace. How 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 do you think they handle a dual threat quarterback like Spencer Sanders? Because you you've got to double Tylin or something like that. You've got to watch out for Chuba on the ball. But how do they adjust to such a dual threat like Spencer? He's he's kind of proven um, on the big stage level that he can do run. He can run and pass.
1: Right, and, and yeah, that's another challenge. Um, the coaches here all week have kind of just gushed over all three of those guys, and um, their defensive coaches yesterday were really talking up Sanders just because they, they thought he was the fastest quarterback they'd seen in a long, long time. Um, and, you know, it's a concern just because when Mississippi State switched from uh, their starting quarterback who was a bit more of a, a drop-back passer to their backup quarterback who was much more of a runner – that's where they had more success, and he was the guy who ended up getting flipped in the air like a helicopter, trying to scramble for a first down <laughs> against them. And um, I mean, so they they uh, they stopped him on that play, but at the same time, he still picked up like 14 yards there. So that's something else they're going to have to guard against, and um, you know, especially like you guys mentioned, if if Kansas State does go man, uh, then that would be something very. Uh, very interesting to look for because when you go man against the scrambling quarterback um, he can really hurt you
0: that, that, that play with the Mississippi State quarterback we were in the Tulsa press box watching that and the press box was going nuts that's one of the craziest plays we've seen in a while because not only did he helicopter like he went higher in the air he was like over people's heads that was uh, that was pretty ridiculous looking
1: yeah and uh, it was seeing it live it felt like time slowed down as he got hit yeah <laughs> You could kinda of tell as he was coming up, you know, well he it was very unlikely he was gonna make it, so he had to try something. And I was just kinda of thinking in my head, like, Oh, he's not gonna to try to hurdle these guys, is he? And oh yeah, he sure did. <laughs> the, the jump and I, I had somebody somebody suggested to me he was more than ten feet off the ground at at his uh at his highest. That's that's crazy. I'd never seen anything like that.
0: It was it was wild. That's for sure. All right. Before we move to the Kansas State offense, uh, give us a, give us a name to know, somebody to watch this week that might be in a uh, a kind of critical position, or uh, or maybe a guy who can make some plays and uh, and be an impactful player on the Kansas State defense. Uh,
1: offensively, I'd say Malik Knowles. He's probably their number one receiver. Um, Dalton Schoen is kind of more their reliable guy who they actually connected with for a game-winning touchdown last week, but Knowles is their big play guy. Um, when their offense has been at their best, they've been going deep deep to him, and he had a kickoff return against Mississippi State, so he's somebody I, I would keep an eye on on offense. On defense, um, you know, I'd maybe say... I'd, I'd probably say Wyatt Hubert just at defensive end because um he's the guy that everybody thinks is probably the best player on the entire defensive unit. Um, but he really hasn't gotten all that many chances to show it this year. He, he only played limited snaps in the first two games because they were up so big. And then he, he suffered a concussion and didn't get to play last week. Um, so I think he's really going to be itching to get out there and, and get his first sack of the season. And yeah, I, I'll be interested to see if he can actually do it.
0: You talked about, Skylar Thompson and his relationship with Chris Kleiman early on and how important that was. Skylar Thompson a guy that uh, that Oklahoma State fans um hate deeply because of what he did 2 years ago in particular. Um I mean he's 2 and 0 against the Cowboys overall, but uh 2 years ago when he was I don't know third or fourth string at that point and came into third Stillwater. String, yeah, came into Stillwater and 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 won that game that was uh um that was a, a very frustrating moment for cowboy fans i know uh, but what uh what development development have you seen from him this year and and what uh what do you see as a, a possible strength of his that could uh that could be valuable this week
1: well i mean the big thing is he's just a lot more confident you can tell with the the throws he makes um and the way he carries himself in the huddle he just seems like he knows what he's doing and Um, you know, his numbers aren't all that great this season. I I don't have him right here in front of me, but, um, you know, if you compare him to like Sanders, he's got basically half the yardage and, uh, definitely doesn't look as good on paper, but he's also, I believe it he was at least last week the top uh graded quarterback in all college football if you looked at pro football focus so he maybe doesn't have quite as many opportunities as uh some other quarterbacks just because kansas state is so run heavy right now but when he does throw the ball it's usually on the money he hasn't turned it over a single time all year um so when they do put it in the air it's more likely than not it's going to be a completion um And, you know, this is a a game that he hasn't put up big numbers this this year. Like I said, really his best statistical game ever is still that one he played in Stillwater where (laughs) Byron Pringle was running wide open and he uh, had almost 300 yards of total offense. Um, He hasn't really put up, you know, a, a real breakout game since then. He's You know, he's had games that he's been really good but nothing that jumped off the stat sheet at you. So this is one where... I'm wondering if maybe he could have another big game here, just because he has had uh, success against Oklahoma State and he has won in Stillwater. I think he'll probably be more confident than ever going down there.
2: You know, saying that he's the the guy that, uh, that that's been his best game so far, I'm sure it makes Oklahoma State fans feel really, <laughs> really good about themselves <laughs> right now, too. It's like, oh, great, the one time, the one time. Um, switching gears a little bit on the offense. This veteran offensive line, uh, Mike Gundy, this week has kind of been gushing about this offensive line, all seniors, um, and, and kind of the leadership they bring. What have you seen from that unit?
1: Um, I mean, they've been good. They could. They've clearly paved the way for uh, a lot of rushing yards with running backs who came in without you know much uh, much fanfare. So you could really credit them as much as the running backs for the, the yards they put, put on the ground. And I think it's a, uh, you know, a little bit of a Testament to Charlie Dickey that he was able to recruit and develop a lot of these guys. And, um, you know, now that he's at Oklahoma state, they brought in, um, Connor Riley to, to coach this unit. And he's, he's, uh, maybe taking them to, uh, another level in some ways. They're a lot more physical as run blockers, I think. Um, I think they've actually improved in that area this season. They've just got a lot of new oh tweaks and, and methods that they use, and it's always good to have five seniors up there. Um, they actually do mix in some some younger guys now and then. They like to kind of unconventionally like to get in eight or nine offensive linemen every game, but it, it's worked so far, and can't really argue with the results.
0: You uh, you touched on what the running backs have uh, have done a, a little bit. Um, is, there a, is there a guy in particular that you think uh, is is sort of the, becoming their go to guy at this point right now?
1: Well, James Gilbert is yeah, their their number one guy. Um, every fourth quarter, it, he's the running back they lean on. So. I think that will probably stay the same here he he eclipsed 100 yards in the first two games and then had a another couple of good runs against mississippi state but at the same time i'm curious to see if they try to get jordan brown a little bit more involved he actually had really good numbers against uh, mississippi state but only ended up touching it like seven times so i bet when they went back and looked at that they probably said boy i wish we got him a little bit more involved and he actually can uh uh, move out to the slot and do some things in the passing game that the other running backs can't. So, I would definitely keep an eye on him in this game. Maybe they actually utilize him in that aspect a little bit more.
0: All right, Kellis. Well, uh, now, now, do you? Uh, I, I hate putting you on the spot with uh, with a prediction. So, do you do you actually make predictions? We have to do them down here. So, uh, but do you, I won't make you make one if you don't have to make one.
1: We, yeah, we, we do them here, too. People right. love them. Absolutely. So them
0: All right, so, uh, uh, so can you share it with us at this point?
1: Uh, you know, I haven't figured out the exact score total here. I haven't figured out if it's uh, going to be a really big shootout or, or not. But I, I think Kansas State wins by, like, five points. I think they they win close. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't uh, – I don't know how confident I am in that, just because the more I look at Oklahoma State, the more their offense uh, impresses me. But uh, just the way that Skylar Thompson and Kansas State have won the last two matchups, I, I'll just lean that way.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. I'm uh, I'm sort of leaning toward the the uh, the shootout method as well. I think that uh, I, I think that with Thompson being able to to throw a little bit to keep things balanced and uh you know I I've, I've been impressed with what those running backs have done so and that offensive line as well so I think that uh even though they're, they it might not be a uh, a traditional uh Big 12 spread it out and throw it around type offense I think that this game could get into a uh, fast-paced high-scoring game so we'll certainly see looking forward to uh to a good one on Saturday in Stillwater Kellis, we really appreciate you uh, appreciate you joining us, and uh, and we'll talk to you on Saturday, man.
1: All right, looking forward to it. All right, we'll see you thanks,
0: next. Kellis. All right, with that, we'll take a quick break and come right back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. It is mailbag time. Friday mailbag, always our favorite segment mailbag. of the week. Mailbag! Mailbag! Uh, always our favorite segment of the week. We appreciate all the fans who uh, who jumped in. Uh, some fans with some uh, some interesting questions today that we'll uh, that we'll get to. Uh, of course, if you want to jump into the mailbag for uh, next week's episode, you can always reach out on Twitter, at ScottRideOk. Email s right at oklahoma.com. One time, every question that's been submitted has been submitted on Twitter. One time, I want to have somebody yeah, email, email me it. a question. You can as email me too. You can exactly use, just, Jay Unruh at oklahoma.com. Yep. One time, I would like to have somebody email a question for the Cowboy Chronicles yeah, podcast. That'd be good. That's, uh, that would be it. Uh, would be the uh, the highlight of the season for the Cowboy. Chronicles. My email right now is primarily Google Alerts, so let's yeah. you know I'll take some emails. Yeah, it's some it's something to break up all the Google yeah. Alerts. That's good. Um, but yeah. Um, so, getting into uh, getting into this week's stuff, uh, we've got the uh, the first one coming from Justin. Not the uh, not the Justin that that usually jumps in. But, okay, uh, but a new, a, a, a new Justin. Hi, Justin. When will our coaching staff realize Jelani Woods is an actual weapon on this team? Why has it become a thing that when a play works in a football game, we don't? Oh, I don't know. See it again. <laughs> wow. Um, so All let's right. start with Jelani Woods. Uh, we've, That's a uh, question. we've discussed Jelani multiple times on this podcast. Um, I think everyone in this room is a huge fan, uh, of, of Jelani Woods and what he can do. We did finally see him catch a pass he last did. week. He
2: had one call back on a penalty, right? That was a really impressive catch. Didn't he have that? Am, am I making that up in my head? Sorry. I, I, I don't I, have I, stats I do in front of me. That, he had a but... long catch at yeah. one point. Yeah. Um, that I feel like was the and Wolf penalty possibly. Uh,
0: maybe so. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think that was him. Yeah.
2: Uh, anyways, he looked athletic on that. Right. He was all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, and they went to him on the fake field goal. Mm-hmm. Um and they're they're getting him involved. I think as the as the season wears on, they're gonna get him involved. Um and, and make really good use of him. I mean, he's six seven. Yeah. I mean, come on, you've gotta get him involved.
0: I think a big part of it is there are there are some base plays where he's in the formation but he's not necessarily the first mm-hmm. read. In those in those plays, and I don't think that uh, that Spencer Sanders, you know, got far enough down his progressions to, to need to throw to him. Then there are some plays that we're going to continue to see, um, like we like we saw on Saturday against Texas, where he is option number one, and I think that's going to continue to become a thing. Um, you know, he's not going to go out and and catch six passes a game, probably not, but. Um, but uh, but he's going to be more involved they're going to find different ways to uh, to get the ball to him i think uh i think the red zone could be a really good uh, or short yardage mm-hmm. could be a, a really good area for them to try to to figure out how to get him involved there because of uh, of his his potential to be such a uh, such a big weapon a big mismatch and obviously they um they had their struggles in the uh, the red zone and short yardage stuff last week so that could be a, a change there uh, I think that uh, I think that as we go forward we're going to see his uh, his looks his targets just continue to increase
2: yeah I mean I, I don't think there's any doubt about that and he kind of talked about that Tuesday like you know he, he's he's happy to be involved um yeah was, was very happy to finally get his first catch and out of the way and stuff but uh, he kind of towed the company line for the most part on on those other questions about what? his involvement.
0: And that's another thing about him is that he is the ultimate team player. I mean, yep. this is a guy that that could have stayed at quarterback and tried to compete. Could have jumped on the portal and gone somewhere else to try to play quarterback. He he wanted to, to find a way to come to be involved, and and tight end was that opportunity. So uh, he's a, he's a guy that's improved greatly on his blocking, and uh, and is really making a difference on this team. He's a he's a big part of the reason that they go too tight end so much, which was something that Sean Gleason has really sort of implemented on this team. That's probably the biggest fingerprint of, uh, of his at this point with with uh, Woods and Logan Carter in particular, Dayton Metcalf mixing in on occasion. And I think that's something you're going to uh, continue to see is uh, is those guys being heavily involved. And the reason they can do that is that they feel really comfortable with what those guys can do. The, uh, the second part of that question... As far as uh, when a when a play works, why don't we see it again? Um, you know, I think that uh, I think that that this uh, that this playbook is is designed so that um, so that everything leads to something else, mm-hmm. and so um, you know you don't uh, you don't necessarily. I, I think probably they go back to plays more often than uh, than people realize, and sometimes they don't work the second time around because people yeah. have seen them. So um, I think that uh, I think that they are, uh, are managing the playbook probably the way that, uh, that they feel comfortable. Now, you can, uh, you can definitely criticize some of their decisions in the red zone and short yardage that we talked about. But, um, you know, in general, I think that, uh, you know, everything they do is, is, has, has multiple prongs off of, uh, off of just about every play in their playbook that they can go to something else that looks like it's going to be the other thing and turns out being something different. Alright, moving on down the list here. We've got I know it's it's in here somewhere. Uh Twitter's Twitter's slowing me down here. Twitter's slowing me down. Uh oh. Great radio. Great radio right now. <laughs> this is fascinating for all of you. I know <laughs> you're loving it. Yeah, we need we need some we need some music at this point. Um there it is. Hey Ellis wants to know how bad are the other running backs? <laughs> <laughs> wow. As I said, some interesting questions. Ah, this week. All right. Um,
2: I've set out to. Uh, I don't know that I'm trying to answer that question. Right, but, but a week. similar a similar uh, question. A you tried similar to idea of uh, who? What about the, the 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 help for Chuba? You know, 37 carries a week after going and 32. It's a lot, mm-hmm. especially against Texas defense. It's physical, like it was. Um, you know, I, I think they haven't seen what they want to see from LD Brown in right. that backup spot yet. Um, that's been pretty clear. He's he's not carried the ball very much and you know last week he carried it once for for minus four yards at Texas and they abandoned that play uh that plan and that was on the opening drive when he Mm -hmm. carried that and uh you know they realized Chuba was their best chance um I think you know as you see some guys maybe get healthy yeah um you know Des Jackson is one that if he gets healthy I think he's he could really kind
0: of break that rotation uh and 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 he's he's finally not wearing that 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 non-contact jersey uh yeah in uh, in practice anymore you know Gundy
2: said he's back practicing And so maybe maybe he's a guy who steps in. Um, Jamil Jeter still has a chance, I think, to kind of step in there. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to redshirt Glass. Yeah, it it just gets that feeling. You know, he played against McNeese State, and we haven't seen him since he fumbled Um, too. So I think there's, you know, I don't know that we're going to see him really, but it it seems like uh, that's kind of direction they're going right now.
0: So the the DeAndre Glass, true freshman Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, pursuit is over he's he, got he's, a long ways to go yeah it's gonna be it's it's, it's he's 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 fallen behind some he's other horses they
2: start the OSU's own starter I mean <laughs> right. it's uh that's yeah. that's troubling for his I, his it's, hopes
0: sorry it's right. I like it I like a goal a guy with uh with goals and predictions and uh and uh not a, not afraid to be bold so I think DeAndre Glass has a good future um just uh, just not this year maybe he has an
2: old NCAA football copy Mm-hmm. And creates himself.
0: Yeah, and, maybe then, wins, that's, and then maybe wins that's the Heisman, how he gets and the then Heisman. Wins the Heisman as yeah. a true freshman, maybe so.
2: Post a screenshot of that if yeah. if so.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. Um, but uh, but that I think I think is is the key. Is those other guys getting? I, uh, Jamil Jeter is is the really puzzling one for me mm-hmm. because he's been healthy for a while. It seems healthy enough to travel and uh, and some of those things. Maybe I mean maybe it's uh, it's because they don't have anybody else. Is the reason that he's traveling, but uh, he's a guy that that I thought would be more involved by now than uh, than he has been. You know, he ended up with eleven carries in mop up duty against McNeese, and I thought that was kind of a sign of, of things mm-hmm. to come. So, um, you know, uh, Micah Cooper's back back healthy again. We'll see what well, I've uh,
2: completely left him out. Right? I don't know how I forget about him. Your favorite, your favorite guy. I don't know, favorite walk on.
0: Uh, so uh, so we'll see we'll see what happens to uh, to to turn things around there, um, and and try to give Chuba a little bit of a breather when when they can because if they could at least get him some help early in games and then uh, and then try to you know go heavy with him in the second half of a close ball game or if they can try to get some blowouts and, and get him off the field one or one or the other so it's going to be interesting but. Um, you know, it's uh, it's definitely a uh, a significant discussion going on in the uh, in the offensive meeting room at Oklahoma State. So we'll see how it's used this week, in particular against a uh, a fairly physical defense. I think that's uh, an interesting uh, interesting development to be seen on Saturday. Last thing before we wrap it up, prediction time. I uh, I put Kellis Robinette on the spot. He took uh, he took Kansas State by five. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't remember exactly what I picked at the moment, but uh, but I've, I've got a pretty good idea. Um, I uh, I think Oklahoma State's going to win this one pretty easily. I'm not. I, I the, the Mississippi State win was big for Kansas State, but I'm not convinced that they're that great of a of a team yet. I think they're a good def- They're a good defensive team, but I think that Oklahoma State can find ways to score. We saw the we saw what Oklahoma State did moving the ball against Texas. I think that the red zone issues will be addressed and uh, and and handled much better this week uh, when they get those opportunities, and I think that they're going to find ways to put up some points and uh, and and make Kansas State one dimensional on offense. And uh, I think they can. Uh, I think they could make this close to a three touchdown uh, victory for uh, for the for the Cowboys.
2: Yeah. Any, any thoughts I, from
0: you on this one, Jacob?
2: I I picked it close. Um, I did thirty eight thirty two. Yeah. Uh you for the record did forty eight twenty four. Yeah, that's about you what I were thought. by far on the staff the one with the uh, widest margin. With, the, with the least confidence in Kansas State. Victory. Yeah. Yes. Um but uh, I just uh I, I want to see OSU fix their problems they had last week. Yeah. Um against another good defense. Uh that that was maybe my hesitancy a little bit. And the Kansas State's had so much success in Stillwater.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um
2: but I, I'm with you. I i think oklahoma state should win this game um i don't know that kansas state has proven they can slow down an offense like oklahoma state so i'm with i'm with you on that i mean how are you going to defend wallace and, and hubbard and um and sanders all at the same time and uh i i, I know texas survived i don't i'm not going to say texas defense i don't know dominated at times right. no um Oklahoma State moved the ball they, pretty well you know,
0: te- the, the the Texas defense was was a classic example of of bend but don't break yes and they uh, they bowed up when, when they had to and made the stops to force field goals or force mm-hmm. uh, force OSU to go for it and uh and that was the difference in the game but uh but between the between the tens really uh Oklahoma State did just about whatever it wanted mm-hmm. so
2: and I, I think Thailand's gonna have a big game
0: I could see that I, I, see I think
2: that. I think he's in line for a big week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's that's kind of why I lean towards Oklahoma State.
0: Yep. All right. Well, that'll uh, that'll wrap it up. Again, we uh, we want an emailed question for the mailbag next week. Sright at Oklahoman.com. junru at Oklahoman.com. I want one emailed question for next week's mailbag. But that'll do it for this week. This has been the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order at Zaxby's.com.